got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're tuned in to the Gangster Chronicles with James McDonald, Reggie Wright Jr., and Alex Alonzo on the Digital Soapbox Network. I have a material witness on an aggravated battery uh, with a handgun, and uh, they believe uh, this might be in retaliation uh, to her testimony. Welcome to another episode of the Gangster Chronicles. My name is Alex Alonso. You may, may be aware of my platform, StreetGangs.com, a.k.a. Street TV, where I interview gang members, former and current hip-hop artists, rappers, authors, entertainers, and other influencers. And I'm here with my two co-hosts. Reggie Wright. And Big James. What's going on? And we got Big James coming to us all the way from down under in Australia. And Reggie Wright Jr. is right here next to me, and I want to also remind you guys to check out Reggie Wright Jr. on Bomb First, B-O-M-B-1-S-T. He does a live show every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And don't forget to go out there and get James's um, Death Row t-shirts, which are available through the Bomb First Patreon page. Right, Reg? Yep, James, and um, give them that number where they can hit you up. Hit you up to order them because James got a phone number now that he wants people to call him and, and get a hold to him. Okay, James. Yeah, you can hit, go ahead. Hit me up on area code 909-800-6404. Hit me up. You you tell me what you want, and I have it out for you the next day, and you'll get it the next day, two days after that. So hit me up. Let me know what size, what color, and I also got other other designs in the making. So be waiting for that and. Uh, You'll see what I got going on, and man, just order your shirts. And I appreciate everybody that ordered the shirt. The number is 909 800 
And tell them the amount and um, where's most most of the money going to. Well, the the amount is thirty five bucks. The shirts are all the all the proceeds is going to all the grandkids that that you know of all these guys that lost their lives and the guys that don't have grandchildren or kids. We're going to donate to a charity. So either way. Somebody is getting something from these guys. So order your T-shirts and let's keep it going. And he also putting $5 aside for uh, Marion Shug Knight, for those of you that, uh, you know, want to support him and help him out. And is that number yeah. also linked to your PayPal, James? Yes, directly to the PayPal. Just, just call that number. A lot of people have been using it so far, and those guys are, uh, honestly tell you they got their shirts right away and I want to keep it going that way I want to keep it going through bomb first so I don't get backed up with the shirts and I want to also let everybody in Australia know that uh, Nick Noonan Noonan Boy Promotions Promotions. If you, if you hit us up on the Facebook page of Noonan Boy Promotions you can actually put your orders in there to our Australian listeners out there and we can get the shirts distributed through Australia yeah Okay, so, that sounds great. Um, I just want to remind everybody this is episode 18, and if you're listening on iTunes, please make sure you leave us a rating and a review so we can continue bringing this amazing show to you from the United States slash Australia. And give us a five-star rating if you love the show, and you can also write a review that includes questions, topics for future episodes. And for those of you who are not listening on iTunes, please check us out on Google Play. That's for you Samsung and Android users and Spotify, including Radio.com. So before we start the show, I want to listen to what James has to say about his trip so far and what's been going on out there in Australia, James. Oh, man, it's, it's been lovely. Uh, since I stepped off the plane, man, the hospitality, the, the love I've been getting from these people in Australia, man, is just off the chain, man. It's unbelievable. Um, it's not a day. Every day I've been here, I haven't had to spend a dime of my money. You know, these guys, you know, I meet them, and, and I come here with American money, and these guys giving me cash out their pocket. One guy gave me 100 bucks of his money, you know what I'm saying, so I can just, you know, do me. And uh, everything, you know, I've just been appreciating, you know, the shows, you know, I got people crying out here, you know what I'm saying, listening and, and saying that they love uh, the Vlad interviews. And, man, it's just been it's just been wonderful. Man, you I know, wish I would have came down there with you. Oh, man, I wish I wish everybody can experience Australia. Australia is the place to go, man. And and I had no clue. And, man, I you know, it's, I'm, I'm just glad that, that I was chosen to come down here and, and, and experience this. You know, every show has been lovely, man. My first show, we sold 55 shirts. The next show, we sold 35. So it's, it's just been lovely, man. And, you know, I was only charged. And then he ran out. Bucks. Then he ran out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, then I ran out. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so crazy because every show, man, you know, I ain't never in my life signed autographs, man. I ain't never in my life 
had people standing in line just to shake my hand and meet Mom James. You know what I'm saying? And it was it's, it's a total different experience from from where I'm from to be here in Australia and just get that love from everybody all the way around. How they treating Greg Hating out there? Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Pretty much the same experience, man. We through this whole tour, man. Everybody has been treating us like. Man, I ain't never felt like a king, man. And I can use that word loosely, man. They, it's just too much love out here, you know. And you know, it's crazy because you know they don't have guns out here. They, they, uh, they drink and fight. But I haven't seen no animosity. I ain't seen. I haven't seen these people argue. Uh, one guy last night in the show, <laughs> we sat out and talked, and he wrapped his ass off for me about about 15 minutes and and then he come inside the show and he just loud so he got up and walked away they, they took him outside with no problem but he was just being cool and, and you know he was drinking so i was cool with that um i've been following you on instagram and i've seen you've been drinking on beer all the shoes what's up with that, that uh, no no <laughs> what's up last with that night, no last night i forgot what they call that that's called a shoey down in Australia. A shoey. And they said, I say, okay, let's do a shoey. I ain't knowing what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> they come back with my beer. They had their beer. And they started unlacing their shoes. <laughs> I said, what they doing? He said, this is a shoey, mate. And I'm like, I'm not going to drink out my damn shoe. You know how long I've been walking around these days? <laughs> I'm doing it. But, man, it's, it's man, I, I told him, man, I'm pumping up Australia 100, man. I would love to come back here. You, man, the air, the the beaches, man. If y'all see the the pictures I post, man, it's so beautiful out here, man. And man, I I am fortunate to to see it and, and tell everybody back there, yeah. you know, man, the way these people get along with each other, man. Why we came, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so those that y'all want to see some pictures before. Uh... James get back. He been real. Um, he been real active on his Instagram page with posting, and our boy Nick Nunn. Uh, he also been posting on his Instagram page, and a shout out to him. He's the one that made it happen for my boy James and and Greg Cadings, yeah. and put it together on uh, Nunn Productions. Um, he's he's here as well, and uh, we're gonna let him chime in and promote uh, his Instagram page, James Instagram page. And then for those of you that's on YouTube, y'all can go to Bomb First, and we just put up a little clip it, like a seven-minute clip it, showing y'all uh, the vineyard and some of the hotties and all of that that's been hanging around James. So, uh, Nick, tell us, uh, James, and your Instagram page so people can check in on that. Yeah, so Noonan Boy Promotions, the night with Greg Kading is the, uh, is the Instagram page and also the Facebook page. But I just want to give a big shout-out to Alex Alonso and yourself for uh, having me on the show back in May. You're one of the first guys that went out of your way to put me on your platform, not only to talk about this show for the American people, but also on a worldwide. We've done a very um, a big job out here to really promote you guys, your podcast, because your podcast is fantastic. And as James would agree last night, we had people from the audience, didn't we, James, that were talking about the podcast. Blowing up Gangster Chronicles. They love it. They love it. <laughs> Cool. And, um, you know, I mean, 
anything that I can do in, in the future to uh, support this fantastic podcast, I'm going to do it for you and Alex and obviously um, Street TV and anything because um, it's a great it's a great community movement and it can be broken up into so many ways. So we've made sure at, at every show that we really give it up to Alex Alonso and the uh, the Gangster Chronicles podcast with Ricky Rod Jr. and James McDonald. Yeah, I, I let a lot of those guys know that they want to know the, the, the culture, the gang culture, to go to Street TV, Alex. So mm-hmm. you might be getting some Australians tuning in because they want to hear the story. Mm-hmm. They want to hear our story on how we we survive and the, and the shit that we go to. So I told them about your, your, your show, and they was like, okay, we definitely got to go and see. Because, man, definitely. what's going on in our world, they are so intrigued. I appreciate you letting them know about Man, that. I had, I had people crying, um, you know, that saw the Vlad, the Vlad interviews, and man, it 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 it, it kind of caught me off guard, and I was overwhelmed that, you know, these people are really in tune to, you know, how we live, and they want to know the stories about what's going on, and and you know how do we survive that on a daily when they don't have to go through what we go through. You know, every day. So, man, it was, it was, man, it was, it was beautiful. I wish I was here, man. Yeah, I heard you had a, a love hate uh, relationship going on out there. Tell us a little bit about uh, that. God damn, Reg. <laughs> this one lady in the show, she, uh, we, we taking questions and she had a question. So she, she pretty much raised her hand when somebody else was going in. But I told her, go ahead, answer your question. And the first thing she said, okay, you're a cop and you're a fucking nigger. Oh, the crowd went crazy. Like, wow, did she really fucking say nigger? So I kind of like put the mic down and just like, oh, my God. And I had to take it. I had to take a step back. So I set the mic down and was walking away. I turned around and here she, she come running after me. So I, I run around the building, the people laughing like, I mean, I, I played it all like, you know, it really didn't bother me. And, you know, everybody started laughing when I ran from her. So I go out and smoke a cigarette and here she come. So basically she had a, she had four kids by, by an African-American, well, a guy from Africa. And, you know, these are the things that she, you know, she says she called her son. Her son was there, uh, really hyped up, and 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 loved the Tupac Biggie story. And she said, "Come here, my nigga." <laughs> and it was it was like wow. So what what basically happened is, uh, nickname put her out. She was she was drunk, and uh, put her out. And then at the end of the day, I mean, people was just amazed. I thought that I was going to really trip on it. Man, I'm in Australia. Yeah. I ain't going to jail out here. And you know who I blame for for that? I bring I blame Proof and the guys from D12 for that because they allowed Eminem to use that mm. word. Very good point, Reggie. Very good point. And wow. so people think it's acceptable, and that's just a word for some reason that people other than black we don't even put the er at the end. But yeah, that's what made that, different. That's just a word that can't be used. I don't care how cool you are, how much you're in love, if you have kids, you married to a black man and all of that. That's this a derogatory word uh, for our co- 
our culture for for whatever uh, being a black american so my question yeah, we're, we're, my question to nick would be is how is that word used or for black australians uh how do they accept that word over there and um uh, and that was the big thing in australia we don't tolerate that at all we were very very surprised we haven't had it at our last two shows but the fact that it came out she was just very very drunk and it just shows you that I think that can happen anywhere in the world, Reggie, and that's something we need to work on as different cultures and that. Of well, it, it doesn't seem, do and I talked to James about this off record, off off air. <clears throat> it doesn't seem like she was malice about it. No, I think what, she. What happened? Go ahead. I, I I learned a big lesson here, man. And when she said that, I didn't have to get mad. The Australian people was the people in the audience was mad, and those people. It's like they all took up for me mm. and said, you don't have to worry about it. We got it. Mm. And, and and I just, you know, I looked at the crowd and, and when people were just standing there, like really fucking mad at her, it, it was, I ain't got to say nothing. Yeah. I ain't even got to come out of character. These people handled that for me. Oh, yeah. Mm. And, 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 and that was my, my uh, justification. I didn't have to say shit, Reg. And that's what I'm, I mean when I say beautiful people, man. You know, back home, you know, it wouldn't have mattered. I'd have had to react to that. Yeah. But no, they uh, they they reacted to that for me, and and that showed me right there the 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 character and and how these people really are. And it, it's some lovely people down there, man. And I, I and I I just gotta stress that. And. I'm, man, I'm having a great time. I'm having a great time. All right, James. Um, we're going to get into a couple of topics here, and uh, even though you're all the way in Australia, we're going to, you know, include you in on this conversation because we can't really do the show without you. But, oh yeah, y'all can do the show without me. Um, y'all got y'all got y'all heads on y'all shoulders, man, and, and and I just knew y'all was going to run with this without me, and then here it go again. You know, my brothers back home want to do the show with me. <laughs> we doing it together, and and I love that shit, man. I love that shit. Well, we got so the technology over here to 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 connect your call into the studio. So, um, thanks to the to the engineers here, they were able to make it happen. And thank the Nick That's for uh, for giving us that phone bill, <laughs> taking care of the no phone problem. bill. No <laughs> problem. I'm gonna let you guys continue on. Thanks a lot, Alex and Reggie. All right. Thanks, Nick. Now, um, before we get into our first topic, I just wanted to let everyone know that O.J. Simpson is at 866,000 followers on Twitter. We've been talking about O.J. on and off for the last few episodes, but he's approaching a million, guys. Yeah, I thought he would have been there by now. But has he been active? You know, he just posted something 20 minutes ago, another video. Uh, I haven't had a chance to listen to it, but, you know, he's not a serial poster. Okay. But uh, he's definitely keeping his uh, Twitter account active. Well, OJ, if you want to, um, if you want to get some views right quick, only thing you have to do is say something about Ron Goldman, <laughs> and it'll get up. <laughs> it'll get up. Or he can just go on um, his daughter's podcast, which is. Uh, is it? Is it? Is it really OJ Simpson? Is it really? Oh yeah, that's him. Yeah, because he posts videos, so he does these selfie videos, so yeah. you know it's him. Or he'll have someone holding the camera. Recording him, so he's actually doing videos and posting them. He just posted a video uh, 22 minutes ago. 
He wow. got to be, you know, Don't he got to be a little PG because, you know, he's still on probation and parole. So, you know, they'll they'll bring him in for if he get too radical. Yeah, I think he should just, just relax, man. Yeah. He at the point where he shouldn't even want to be on social media. Yeah. He shouldn't want to be doing shit, seen doing shit. I think he should just go live out his days doing him and just mind his own business. And, you know, but I guess that's a way of him, you know, just being O.J. Simpson. Well, he's still got to keep the brand alive because there is still value to the O.J. Simpson name, even though he's a quote-unquote an alleged double murderer. Um, there's still a value to the O.J. Simpson name, so I'm sure his people are saying, hey, you know, be somewhat active on social media. He's not alleged. He has been found innocent. You're correct. That's uh, But, you know, that's, Acquit a, it. that's a debate that we're probably going to have for the rest of our lives. Is yeah. O.J. really innocent? Uh, and for the record... I believe he's guilty. Something came out recently, I didn't read it, where there was some overwhelming evidence they're trying to say the son was the uh, suspect. Hey, my father told me that Jason was suspect number one back in 94 when he got arrested. But, yeah, it was said that his dad, he did it with his dad. Yeah. But, I mean, all of that, all of that, like, he got found not guilty. So everybody in America, everybody at home should be like, man, okay, he got found not guilty. So look, why not leave it at that and and and, and just move on? White America doesn't time. want to leave it alone, James. Yeah. I know because because it killed the white woman. Yeah. When the last time we talked about the the guy uh, Zimmerman, <laughs> we haven't yeah. talked about they him. They left him alone. They yeah. Talking about him. Yeah. Well, there was well, no I, question, I mean, but he did. He he killed Trayvon Martin. Saying, yeah. You know, even Reggie just said he he think he's guilty. What does it matter? He got found not guilty, so let's go by let's go by that. You know what I'm saying? But in the minds of everybody else, they're gonna say he's guilty because they truly believe he's guilty. You know what I'm saying? So, but but he got found not guilty in a court, in a court. So that makes him innocent. No, it don't. He got found uh, uh, guilty. Found he liable for. Her death. How can you be liable for somebody's death if you're not guilty of the death? Because one is a criminal case and the other is a civil case. So yeah, I know, but they're I mean, using two different standards. Yeah, and that's a damn shame. I that's think, a damn shame. of course, we all know in a criminal case you have to have a unanimous agreement with the jury. In a civil case, you just need a majority of jurors. I thought it was nine or eight. Yeah, nine yeah. or uh, I believe well, nine. Yeah, we knew he was going to lose yeah. that. And then also in a criminal case, the, the standard is beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. And in a civil case, the, the standard is beyond a preponderance of evidence, which is a lower standard. So it's easier no. to find someone guilty in civil court than it is in criminal court. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a terrible law. It's fucked up. And, but you know, OJ's never going to pay that $33 million. Well, OJ, he, he ain't got the money, do he? I don't think he's got the money, but even if he did, well, he, he has property, but he moved his property to the state of Florida, and the state of Florida uh, protects well, property. California doesn't protect your property. That's why he moved well, to Florida. Well, that and um, he can live off of his $25,000 a month retirement from the NFL, and they can't touch his yeah, retirement. they cannot touch that. And so, hey, you know, he can just get him a moderate house and play golf every day, and that's what he's well, doing. Well, just say God is good. Good one. Good one, O.J., but I think he should. <laughs> you know, just, I'm, I'm like this. All of this shit you've been through, and you still want to be 
you still want to want to be in the public eye. I don't I don't think you should. I mean, you know, you you did this in Vegas and you and you went to jail and you did time in the in prison for it. So when you come home, man, wouldn't you think that that you would just lay low and kick back and 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 not want to be seen in anything or nobody to even think of your name? Let O.J. Simpson rest, and that's why I think he should have been. Well, O.J.'s been. Because he make motherfuckers mad just hearing his name. Well, only half of America's mad at hearing his name. The other half doesn't care. So he he has at least half support. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers, or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When did... uh... Blacks become half America. We only thirteen percent. You're, you're right, <laughs> okay. but but not that all part. whites. Not all whites are against OJ. And so, not all blacks are for OJ. But when you look at it, when you do polls on it, it's usually fifty yeah. fifty. Believe he's murdered. He's he, guilty. We, we was just in a time after that Rodney King verdict, and we was just feeling like we were black folks was getting um, the raw deal or the short end of the stick. Let OJ do that bullshit now. <laughs> <laughs> and then here he comes and fuck that off. He wins his trial, and then he goes to Vegas on some some gangster shit. Come on, man, it's time to sit your old ass down. I, I like I like OJ, but come on, man, 
we need to start making sense of our own shit. Yeah. Well, eventually he's going to reach that million. He needs about a, a little more than, what, 100 134,000 or 136,000 more followers. Hey, 800,000 plus followers is not no joke, though, in just a very short period. So he's probably going to try to figure out a way to monetize his, his followers and, and do something to benefit him financially. But, well, he better put in one of his kids' names. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, so um, let me get to one of the first questions of this episode uh, the realist the producer the realist someone wants to know did the realist ever put vocals on any of Tupac's songs <laughs> Reggie or James do you know anything about the realist well I know about the realist but as far as business wise in the, in the music that he did I think Reggie can better elaborate on you know on that uh, yeah. the realist um, the the, the the realist, for those of y'all that don't know who that is, he was an artist on Death Row after Tupac died. Uh, got signed in about 97 sometime. And he has a, a voice that's kind of unique that sounds uh, like Pox, like Tupac's. Not not 100%, but 85 to 90%. So there's always been speculation in the community that we were allowing the realist to... Uh, make tracks or, or, or add to Tupac uh, music. He was an artist, not a producer. I want to correct you on that, Alex. Oh, okay. But he... Um, um, there's a couple of songs that were needed to be made, radio versions, that I would now uh, contest to. A video, uh, Unconditional Love, that we did to make it sound uh, radio-friendly where we may have taken a curse word out and put in a, a cleaner a cleaner word. And the cleaner word would have came from the realist? Correct. Wow. Has has this ever been no. divulged ever before? No. Wow. You are giving us something that the world has never heard before. Now, why has that been hidden for so long? Is there some sort of liability to put someone else's voice in a song and represent it as? Well? No, it just didn't make it didn't seem authentic to the you know the avid um, Tupac uh, listener. But but all we did was uh, allow it to be a clean version for a video, unconditional love. So are there? parts where he put in more than a word no. a verse perhaps no a word just wor a word a curse word was taken out and a clean word was probably put there that is interesting Especially so have you did this more than one time or only one, one time? i can remember that i can think of was unconditional love it was the video that he uh, appeared in um simulating the look like tupac uh, in the video so over the okay, years right. so this Go ahead, James. Did Tupac ever? Uh, no, he didn't know. He didn't know him. So Tupac, I think he would have felt. Tupac met him in the casino, uh, in the casino, and he heard him and he rapped for him and he he liked him, and um, he uh, he was you know told us and gave the number, and we eventually uh, hooked up with him later after Tupac death. But they did meet each other once in the casino in Vegas. So is that the okay. reason why the realist came to death row? Is from that meeting at the casino initially? Correct. 
Wow, that's even interesting. He just bumped into y'all and said, hey, I rap. That happens every day. In, uh, I know, but yeah. but for the follow-up to be, you, now you're at death row hanging out, that's a huge accomplishment for him. Yeah, we did something that uh, two talent, talented ar- artists, excuse me, that we failed. We failed their careers, to be honest. The realist was one because other than that, he was a talented rapper. And um, we tried to have him being like Tupac. And there was another rapper by the name of YGD. We eventually called him Top Dog. And we and he sounded like Snoop Dogg. He the one that did the song uh, Going Back to Cali uh, when he was dissing Biggie for coming back to Cali. And um, those were two talented young men that um, that careers got flushed down the drain because um the community or the industry wasn't ready for sound alikes. Now, did the realist ever do a demo? Did he have a demo? Did he have any recorded songs? Oh, he did several songs on Defro. Several songs uh, on the Chronic uh, 2000, on uh, the gang-related uh, soundtrack, on um, all post Tupac. All post Tupac. Why? Wow. Why couldn't he just continue his career? in the later 2000s and just sign with someone else or he be did. an independent artist. He did. I, I signed him with another rate once I left Afro with a record company called True Dad Entertainment where I did some music with him and um, but I think um, he's a hell of a still a hell of a, a, a um, writer and uh, knows the music business a lot. We just uh, unfortunately um, messed up his name uh, by making him a sound alike. And um, that's something that I already always regretted that we did to him. So over the but, but, go ahead, James. Go ahead. Well, but people didn't know that that y'all was using him for that. So how did they know that y'all was using him for? Because of his, not no. That's just one incident. But if you hear his whole album or his whole songs that he did, um, people didn't like that. It's not. I mean, he did complete songs that um, some people would think was Tupac. And that wasn't deliberate. He just that's just how that's he sounded, how he right? sounded. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't a deliberate a deliberate act. And there was a guy from Compton that actually sounded. His name was Black. He sounded just like Biggie. You remember this rapper named Black? It wasn't Black. It was uh, sounded just like Biggie. I, I know but he about, wasn't trying to. Yeah, he just. Yeah. He, he kind of he he got a little chance. He did a, a single, I believe. Yeah, um, he, he had something to come out. Yeah, I don't think his name was Black though. I I, I know who he was talking about. So yeah. the realist never has done interviews where he revealed, oh yeah, I, I replaced a couple of curse words on on a Pac song before. He stayed quiet over the years. Yeah. Why is why is that? I mean, we told him not to talk okay, about it. Okay, that's and now, what I wanted to know. And now I'm up here running my big mouth and talked about well, it. Well, I thought, hey, whoever asked this question, I wish I, I saved the guy's name. I guess he was on to something, asking if the realist ever put vocals on a pop song. You not think vocals, well, a word. Well, the answer, well, if you hear that he put a word, then you're thinking, hmm, maybe there's more. Uh, well, then why would exactly. I tell the truth for that? I would have kept denying it. Okay, so now if the realist wants to come out and talk on it, he can talk on it, I guess. Yeah. It's been, what, 20-plus years? Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. From hey, that. so what is the realist doing now? Uh, he's helping your nephew right now, writing, in the studio with him, helping him 
do some stuff. And uh, which one, Little Timmy Rue? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he actually did a video with him over there by Higgins, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Very talented young man. He just. But he's old. He's old. Yeah. <laughs> he's not old. He's forty. And uh, and rap. Yeah, yeah. That's but, senior citizen. But the boy look. His body is. He, I mean, he still look good. Yeah, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, how, he, he have to be a mentor now. How many over forty rappers could actually put out a hit? We how many has or how many could? How many have and could? We could put those, name them on well, one Jay-Z hand. Do one? Huh? Yeah, Jay Z's one. Maybe Ice Cube is another. Uh, but it's well, he very hasn't, few. He hasn't done one hey, in a minute. Hey, Red Man, Method Man, still cracking. Yep, that's uh, true. I, I think. But you said put out uh, one a, a hit recently. Uh, I, I think oh, Method wow. Man could put out a hit. Mm. That's four. Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, I think LL is done. I heard his last album. There was nothing on that album. If DMX can get off drugs. No, he, DMX is done. <laughs> he just did a show I, I saw with someone. Yeah, and yeah, he, um, That was over at the, uh, was it? Oh, the game. I'm in the game. Was, was that in Long Beach? No, somewhere where they were outside. They did a show um, on the same, on the, on the boat there in Long Beach. That was outside. Okay, LA Confidential. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if you're 40 and over, uh, it's it's pretty much a wrap. You, your your rap career is Dr- over. Dre been trying. Dre probably <laughs> can put out a hit, but he's probably not as hungry as he used to be because oh, yeah. of all his other business investments. He's doing yeah, quite well. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah. Maybe uh, Eminem. I think Eminem's well, over 40. Snoop is over 40. Snoop might be able to put out a hit again. So, yeah, it's very few rappers uh, over 40. This is, a, this is a young man game, to keep it real. Yeah. You know, eight, yeah. 18 to yeah. 25, 18 to 30, and everyone else is lucky if they can still do it. All right, uh, but uh, another question, a producer... Named Johnny J, who uh, I think he died in the custody of the L.A. County Sheriff several years ago, right? In the county jail. He died, but he was a producer. Died by way of committing suicide. Yes. Okay. Uh, that, at least that's the story. Yeah. But someone asked if Johnny J produced most of Pac's songs. So if you take all of Pac's catalog from the Death Row period, which is the double CD and a few other songs... Which producer worked with Pac the most? And Doing some the, believe it was Johnny J. Let's go on the death row period because I don't know all the Thug yeah. Life and Me Against the and World. A, and Tupacalypse Now. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what producers were, were around. I know it was one named Assassin. and so, But um, Johnny J uh, get credit for doing a lot of the work because he was like Pac's everyday uh, a producer that was always there. But the only reason, most of those songs that we heard by Johnny J would have never came came out. They were really studio garbage. Most of the songs that y'all hear on Better Days, Until the End of Time, and whatever the other post albums were, uh, were a lot of songs that Tupac had pretty much scrapped, wasn't going to use. And um, uh, so are these unreleased songs that yeah. someone like Cats might own? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. That, that, that was a good one. And, 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 and just what you call the ranch? Whatever happened to all the all the uh, like the death row chair and all of the shit that was in the office? Whatever happened to that stuff? James don't watch TV. It's a, it's oh, a show it's called it's a show called Storage War. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it was. <laughs> he lost it in oh, auction, man. man. You know that's wow. and that goes to show you all the people that be like, oh yeah, she got a hundred million dollars stashed away. Okay, okay. he would have took out five hundred dollars or a thousand of of that and wouldn't pay the storage bill if that was the case. So did the people on storage were actually know what they had? 
Yeah, because it, it was death row memorabilia. Oh, they, well, in the, not when they did the auction, I don't think so. No, they so. were pulling out pants oh, that it was that after. Death row. I think that was after they purchased. I think he yeah, had, yeah, yeah, it was after. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. after. Yeah. The only thing that was really worth something was the jacket and... I'm talking about the chair and all the. the yeah, I mean, you had plats, you had unreleased, you had unreleased music in in there. A couple of people said, you know, and are reported. You had contracts. You had they they. There's some paperwork over there. Somebody over there got some gold and don't realize what they have. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I just exactly. I just looked up Johnny J and, and he actually did work on a lot of Pac stuff pre-Death Row as well. Yeah. So yeah. it might be true that Johnny J worked with Pac on more songs than any other producer. Maybe someone out there can do the research on that, go song by song. Like I said, he was there every day, even the ones, even if Daz was in there producing on him, Johnny J was right there sitting there and with him. He was there every day. James, did you know Johnny J? No. No. I didn't. Uh, like I told you, I, I I, that wasn't my side of the world. Yeah, I, yeah. I James jetted out. He was an event. He was a, a what you call it, a staff eventer after like 94, yeah, 95. He was I just wouldn't. cold red. Then I mean, James and his crew showed up. <laughs> okay, so. Um, it could be a cold blue. <laughs> cold now, blue. You, you knew oh, him though, right, Reg? Oh, yeah. I was that James left, I came in. I think James ran after I came in. He was like, oh, no, no, no I can't rob this motherfucker, so I got to go. Come on, man. Come on, man. You know what I say? And, and, and I still say the same thing because I honestly told you how I felt about that. Yeah. And, and you know, I believe that should bring you in there to to uh, calm, calm the homeboys down or, you know, these cats can't get at it. So, you know, I just, it was just a mixture of things. And my thing was, you know, you been there and Neckbone been there. How is Neckbone going to feel that you there and then y'all been into an altercation? But, man, can't nobody tell me I don't, I don't just, I don't love Reggie Wright. I don't love Reggie Wright and his family. You know what I'm saying? And I never said nothing out of line yeah, that never. I couldn't say yeah. to you personally. Yeah. Everything I've said, I've, I've repeated it. Yeah. And, and, you know, even though me and Neckbone don't talk, I'm there for, you know, I, I took up I took up for that because... And you know what? Let me just say this. Uh, Nick Bone came, I was around probably uh, a year when Nick Bone got out of jail and came back. And you, do you know to this day, me and Nick Bone have never had a bad word said towards each other? He was always respectful. He was always uh, cool. You know, I ain't saying I sat over there in the corner talking to him a lot or anything like that. He and I have never had a bad bad word. I mean, we done been in the swimming pool playing basketball together and stuff like that, you know. So we we were able to interact, and he he kept it professional and um and chuck it to the side. That's that's and that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, you know, but it was just you know I it pissed me off because I knew Sugar Jinder, you know what I'm saying, and I knew the reason why, you know what I'm saying. So. That, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's all over now. I'm glad you and, and, and Nick Bone never got into it. Because if that would have ever happened, sure, I told you so. But I'm saying, and that was just that was just my concern for for both parties. You know, Nick Bone is the homeboy. Reggie Wright is, is like family. You know what I'm saying? And uh, 
it, it just didn't mix when you when when you came in. It just didn't mix. But I mean, y'all worked it out, and 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 everybody was happy. Yeah. I was the one that you know acted prematurely and said, "Oh, fuck this! I, I, I'm not going to do that." You know, when 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 all those other guys came, and then me and Sugar weren't seeing eye to eye, and and my whole thing is and, I can sit on the side, kick it in the hood, and do my thing, and let me ride. And that's what I'm about to say. Most people don't know that sh- that, that James used to run. Uh, he used to run Nick. Um, let me ride, which was a, uh, a, a automobile shop that Shug had opened and 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 was trying to have for the fix lowriders and uh, make lowriders over on uh, Rosecrans and um, Long Beach, right off Crows, yeah. Rosecrans and Long Beach. That actually that Pat Johnson used to own. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. uh, uh, and, and and so uh, James was uh, running that car shop, and until. Something stupid. One of the homies told on something, and the police came and raided it and found some stolen parts or something, a stolen engine up Them there. Them motherfuckers was hating. Yeah, just tell the truth. Niggas was hating <laughs> that. That well, you know, well, you did pump. Dad. You did pump uh, Dr. Dre out of his '63 Chevy from 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 that. I didn't that. pump him out of his Chevy. <laughs> I had it. I wouldn't give it back. And then that was just that. They yeah. they had every opportunity. Showed me where I live. And and Dre was in the hood with him frequently, mm-hmm. and and they could have came and got the motherfucker, but they didn't. Dre, so wasn't, Dre wasn't getting into that. What did, what did you end up <laughs> doing with that car, James? Well, actually, he stripped it down. When I, yeah, I stripped <laughs> it down to the to the frame when when I felt I was tired of it, and I told George and them they come get it, and they came and got it. They brought some tires and. Rolled that motherfucker out of my yard. I helped. I helped James steal that car in a police car, not knowing. James was still in that car on Bradfield, right? <laughs> still in that car, and he broke down. And he broke down from uh, from the car. Wait, wait, you pu- say I was stealing it? No, no, or no, no, took no, it, no, stealing no, it, no, took no, it. No. You took it, whatever. What happened with the car? What happened with the car <laughs> is it, it had started running hot. Yeah. So. Dre them asked me would I take it and put it in my yard. Oh, I put it in my yard. But when he came to get the car, I already had somebody working on it, fixed it, and I was driving the car. Now I want a check. Shug didn't want to give a check. You don't want to give me a check? You ain't getting this motherfucking car. Well, for changing the thermostat? <laughs> for changing a $5 Doing thermostat? Doing what he's supposed to do. He, he, he's the manager of a goddamn, uh, uh, he's the manager of the car shop. So you had the lowrider shop at this time, right, James? Yeah. And you cha- Alex, and, and you probably changed the thermostat on that lowrider. I changed the thermostat <laughs> and I changed the water hose. And what's the thermostat cost uh, back then, like $6? The thermostat was... I think like four ninety nine. He was the manager, not the owner of the shop. So you know what he did? He built the guy dog on the the parts to to the company and still. But it, James lying. He ain't telling the truth of that. I remember pushing James in that car on Bradfield in the police no, car all the way happen. home. That yeah. did happen. That did happen. But that's when I got the car from them. Yeah. And and it overheated again, oh. and that's when you helped me get it to the house. <laughs> but that was good looking out. I ain't, I ain't oh, tripping. I know, I know. But I mean, but let know, me just clarify that I did not know the business at that time. I wasn't even working at Death Row. I don't think at that time. Yeah. I was just, no, I was just but, James. But back then, yeah. these were the these were my tactics of 
of getting paid multiple times for one thing, like the Snoop Dogg trial. You know, I yeah. made like <laughs> like twenty eight, maybe maybe a damn near thirty grand, just just doing it. You know, his trial. She'll think I got fifteen motherfuckers, and I only got <laughs> nine, and I'm paying them a hundred dollars a day, and I'm making two hundred dollars a day. So it added up every time I came to get a check for it. I mean. I, I put I put money in my pocket. That was my way of getting with them, and didn't didn't have to deal with. And you know what? In fairness to Shell, back then he didn't even look at invoices or nothing. He didn't care. He would just say, "Get the no. check." He, that nigga didn't even care. David Kenner would be the one looking at the invoices, like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, so, what was what was Dre's reaction, James, when he found out you stripped down the the Lolo? When we was all in the in the alley of uh, uh, at my mom's house. And me and him standing right next to each other, and he asked me, how did I like the car? Oh, man, it's cool. And and he, Dre didn't give a fuck about that goddamn car, man. Dre, Dre was worth money. Yeah. yeah. The car that he he's talking about was the one that was in the uh, video. Uh, yeah. It was, it was in the video. Uh, G-Thing? Nothing but nothing but a G-Thing? Yeah. That's the one with Snoop. Yeah. When well, Michelet was sitting in there holding uh, Marcel, uh, Dre and um, Michelet's son. Oh, you should have kept. I, you should have kept that car, James. We should have uh, kept a we, lot of we, shit. That, <laughs> that if we would have known, exactly. what, I mean, I would have been a picture taking motherfuckers with those niggas. I would have been taking them with strippers and everything if I knew. But you know what? What was so crazy about that is, you know, everybody talk about me taking that car and doing what I did with it, but you can't name. It's probably only three motherfuckers that was in that office that wasn't spilling. CDs, uh, flats, and all that other shit. Everybody was taking shit <laughs> to make ends meet on the other side of the, in, in the neighborhood. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Man, I had an incident with this nigga Lip Dog and and, okay. and Shug's so, assistant Cedric. Well, let, know, let me tell you this one incident. This, these motherfuckers, we've had a bunch of CDs. I went to Interscope and took all our music from Interscope at, at, at the end of the deal. I mean, boxes of Machiavelli and Tupac and all of these. These motherfuckers up, going upstairs. I didn't trust the Cedric because I was never really in the office with the key because I had them all locked up. They were going up to the fucking Compton Swap meet, <laughs> taking boxes of Machiavelli's and All Eyes on Me and Snoop Dogg albums and stuff like that up to the Compton Swap meets and different Swap meets selling them motherfuckers for like $10 a unit, uh, boxes of, of uh, 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 and splitting the money. Making some side money. Yeah, man. So that, that was the blue low rider that Dre had, right, James? The black one. Oh, it's oh, black. black. Okay, it's black. The... the, yeah. the the convertible. Yeah, it was convertible. Yeah. yeah, man. I'm looking at it right now on the video. That was yeah, a beautiful yeah. car. Oh, man. You should have seen me hitting the switches in the motherfuckers <laughs> and, and bitches running to that car like I was a celeb or something. Man, that, I had fun in that car. If you still had that car, James, it would probably be worth about $100,000 because it was Dre's. Dre probably would pay more than that for it now. <laughs> yeah. But you wouldn't yeah, have, you wouldn't have a, a, a pink slip for it, though. <laughs> I didn't need no pink yeah, slips. Yeah, man. Alex. I mean, you couldn't yeah. do anything. Like, you couldn't sell a car without Alex, a pink slip. Alex, you get pink slips now. Oh, yes, I could. <laughs> yes, I could. By now, I'd have had a lean on that motherfucker. Yep. And, and, and uh, had the pink slip in, in three days. Okay, well, I, I didn't want to end um, talking about Johnny J. I just want to finalize. He committed suicide in 2008. And I was going to ask, were any of you guys kind of surprised, especially you, Reg, you knew him. That this guy, I guess, committed suicide when he was in jail. Yeah, only he wasn't thing, known as a criminal. No, he wasn't known dude. as a thug. Good dude, low key. I mean, he was a he was a Mexican brother. I mean, you know, Mexican guy that was cool, married to a black chick. This chick, man, was the type one one of those type of chicks that would come around with her bra and you know her titties hanging out and all of that real pr- promiscuous, provocative. provocative. She would dress provocative, skimpy like outfits, all of that, but. There with him every session, like ride or die. You know, now after he committed suicide, I talked to the realists because the realists have a relationship with her and all of that. He says she walk around. She's very religious now. She's very conservative, walk around with a bunch of clothes on. 
and just changed their life. So it was something going on in their lives that um, where they felt they needed a change, and um, yeah, no. I, don't, I don't know what 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 got into Johnny J. You know, I'm sure the conspirators out there. Oh yeah, he was killed. He was killed. You know, you know, guys like you, the police do everything wrong. Well, whenever someone commits suicide in custody, yeah. it certainly should. Certain questions should be asked. I don't know if there was an investigation. I mean, if a I'm guy, sure it was. the guy wasn't known to be a criminal. No, wasn't no. a thug. But mental mental illness is mother, and I, he must have had something going on. Perhaps so. Because yeah. um, she's definitely mental now. That's why she have a bunch of songs and stuff. She won't even release and do things. People don't came at her, offering her all type of money, and she's just like. No. But since you knew Johnny, did he ever exhibit anything no. that would make you think, okay, no. I'm not surprised he committed suicide? No, but but Johnny J did leave us and not really be around us. Ninety seven, ninety, you know, actually part of Park dying. Um, he had stopped being around because he wouldn't sign a publishing deal, and so he was. He was a kick to the curve as well. Okay. And and James, you mentioned um, you haven't spoke to Neckbone. I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit on what, what kind of falling out did you guys have? What kind of, well, you know, Neckbone and everybody else in the neighborhood, I felt that, you know, they turned their backs when when shit got thick with the neighborhood, with the, you know, with Buntree's death and all that. But what's surprising to me, man, since I've been out here, my sister something a, a, I guess Neckbone was on his Facebook and he expressed how he felt. And he was actually in jail, went out to exactly. France. And I didn't know that. And, and I just thought they just, everybody just fell off the face of the earth. And, and, and I, I truly hated everybody thinking that, okay, man, I've, I've been there for everybody. If you got shot in the hood and all those guys know, Mom James had to go out there and shoot at these motherfuckers because you can't do the hood. Mom James had to feel like you can't ride through here and, and, and nothing not happened to you. So anyway, I read this this post. Facebook post, right? Yeah. Yeah, I read this post that he that he, he posted, man, and it was like, man. Can you, you paraphrase know, it for I, us? Uh Wait a minute. My, you know, my phone don't work out here. I mean, no, you don't got to read it off your phone. I'm just saying, can you just give us the gist of what he posted? Well, he posted, you know, the, the, the pain he felt with Bunchy fans, you know, that the the uh, police, the, the, the fields came to him on the yard, six deep, seven deep, and told him that they had bad news. This is how he found out Bunchy was killed. And... They told him your brother passed, and he was thinking, my brother. And they told him Buntry was killed, and asked him that they had to put him in the hole. He said no, but he wound up going to the hole, and he felt that, you know, he had to take his anger out on something. So he just tripped on the crypts on the yard. And, man, I, I just, like, he went through what I went through. You know what I'm saying? But here I am, here I am. You know, judging all of these guys and not knowing the facts of, you know, why or where he was. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I told my sister and tell him, you know, I apologize and, and, you know, for thinking that way. And I just wanted to leave it at that. Um, but, man. Yeah, Nick Bone was it, one of the strongest guys you ever come across. 
and exactly. and he was a quiet man, didn't didn't talk didn't talk much at all, and um, well, go ahead. Well, Reg, at, at at that time, you know, you know, like Trayvon them, they they put mirrors on on their arms and their bodies of Tupac, but Alton was just, you know, is that just another cat to you? you you've been knowing Buncher all your life. You grew up in the hood, so you know, where's the loyalty? And that's when my that's when it was that for me. And when we didn't get that, I when I didn't get that, I wasn't satisfied. I, I you know, my mom's always told me, These guys don't leave you and, and these ain't your friends. Family is your friend. Yeah. And and I stuck with that after after Algin passed. I looked at her when she told me, Don't go after sure. Let God handle it. Karma is a motherfucker, let God handle it. And she made me promise her that I wouldn't get out there and act no damn fool. She couldn't take me going back to prison or getting killed. Okay, mama. You know what I'm saying? But I say this. You know, since my mom's passed, I've I, I lived and i fulfilled my, my, my promise to her. And I didn't do nothing. But, you know, just to hear that boy say that, it, it just in words, man, it, it, it bugged me up and... You know, I got a lot of soul thinking to do myself, man. Yeah. So, so Nick James, Bone, let me just say this about Nick. Go Bone, ahead, Reg. While we on that subject, Nick Bone um, broke away from us in like '97. He went went to jail, got caught in Beverly Hills uh, for a drug case, and he, then he went went back to jail on a violation from when he was arrested with me, and so he went and did that time, and Nick Bone also. Uh, had a relationship with the Lady of Rage, and I believe they have two kids together. They're not together currently, but they uh, have two kids, I believe, together. So, James, you haven't talked to Neckbone since 2002, since before your brother got killed? No. No. No, no one has, really. No one. Since, like, 97, 98, he kind of went into a shell, from what I hear. Okay. So, hmm, maybe uh, we can bring them together and have a little sit-down or something. He's on Facebook actively, and... uh, you know what? I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna actually figure a way to to, to slide in, and you know, because next bone is a is a is you know he next bone, and and me, I'm I'm just not gonna that quick. I'm sorry, sorry, uh, uh, blame all the guilt on me, which is is my fault. But I'm just you know, just, you know, how motherfuckers be assholes and shit. But you know. 2002, it's, it's 2019, man. It's been 17 years, and and I, I'm I'm in the process of just trying to let it all go. You know, Snakebone and some of the other guys in the neighborhood. It, it, well, like Nip, uh, Lip Dog, and all those cats. I have nothing to say to these people. You know, they if if, if y'all was there the night it happened when when Buncher was killed. You got all of these people on my at my house, and when I say let's roll, it's time. I got an AK-47 in my motherfucking hand, and I'm telling these cats let's roll. Out of all of those guys, only two say let's roll. Now, all these guys that I'm 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 I'm, I'm fucking with on a daily basis turn their back. And these, these cats my age, these my homies, these cats been in cars with me, these cats done hung out with me, and, and let's get them type of shit. 
these guys' brothers were, 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 were hurt. And, and who, who right there for them? Fuck that. Let's go get them. My James was. Let's go get them. And, and when, my, when it happened to me, they all turned. They turned their backs. And I felt fucked up behind that. I felt like, man, I should go after all of these cats. But no, it's okay. Because it was my fault for listening and, 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 and putting my life on the line for the neighborhood. And that's what the neighborhood did to me. But I got that's a, what I feel. But James, um, there was a lot of people getting shot, a lot of people getting killed 2002, prior to 2002. I can kind of understand people saying, man, they just killed Buntry. I ain't, I ain't coming around. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's shooting who. I don't know who's mad at who. I could, I could kind of understand people just saying, you know what, I'm about to stay in the shadows for a minute. And this is a question that I see a lot in the comment sections and um, because they want to they wanna make it, the, the appearance come out like we were scared of the person that, uh, that, that, that committed this, uh, these assaults. Well, most people don't understand and don't know that these people went into hiding. They were hiding out in San Bernardino and stuff like that. And, and you know, they were able to, they had the money to be mobile because they had their money right at the time and stuff like that. And they wasn't laying in the hood for all these people that's out there always like, why did that never happen to them? Why, why didn't the mob ever retaliate or do anything like that? And a person that was suspected even though James doesn't doesn't suspect them, but that the neighborhood this is, did suspect did turn up dead behind this. This for all you people out there that always nothing ever happened. Nobody ever tried to do anything to revenge uh, the death of Buntry. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know I understand all of that, but it 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 was just you know you you really had to be there. You had to really be a part of this. And, and, man, me being a, a game member, man, I gave my all. I gave my all in something, man. I, I, I swear to God, that, that was me. You know, if, if, if I had it, you got it. If you needed a place to stay, you, you got it. And, and just on the, the game banging aspect, I, I've been there for all of those guys. You couldn't call me at 4 in the morning, and I'm laying on top of something. And I didn't get the fuck up and just throw my pants on and I'm on my way. You know what I'm saying? So it it, it just it it did something to me, man. It hurted me. And and that's how I just felt. And you know, you was you was hearing the homeboys saying, Don't go to that funeral. What the fuck they mean don't go to that funeral? You know, this is Buntry, you know what I'm saying? And Buntry had cats like Megbone and, and George, George Williams. George Markham, I mean, and, and, you know, other guys that he kicked it with, his crew, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, I had mine, Tom Tom, Joshan, you know, uh, Darshul. These were my cats. You know, I, I, man, couldn't nobody fuck with these guys, and, and, and it, it, was, it was only cracking. So to have guys turn their back, and, and it's, it's not – uh, too many of these cats is getting killed. No, they didn't want to fuck with George. They didn't want no part of that or being, you know, out kicking it and, you know, a motherfucker slide his door over and kill him. If that was a goddamn case, shouldn't have never fucked with the shit anyway. They shouldn't have never became gangbangers if they was worried about that. You know, 
And, you know, I, I say today, you know, Buncher didn't listen. Buncher took the shit down half near half a joke until he looked out the kitchen window and see cats at the, at the gate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and it, it is what it is. And James. I'm, I, yeah. T- take me back to your brother's funeral. Like, who who showed up, and and who were you surprised wasn't there? Oh man, um, man, I seen Ray uh, Ray J, um, Crooked Eye, and all those guys was there. Mac Ten was there. Um, damn, that was such a long time ago. It was a, it was a lot of people there. Um, Suge was there. Um, Did you, were you already pissed at Suge by the time the funeral happened? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah we had things going on. So what That's was that like for Suge to show up at yeah. your brother's funeral? Suge showed up because my sister and my mother them loved Suge. You know what I'm saying? I argued and fussed and, and cussed and the whole night about Suge. You know what I'm saying? And they didn't want to believe me about Suge. Buntry didn't want to believe me about the shit that was going on that that was about to unfold, that was unfolding in front of everybody's face. So seeing Sue there, you know, hey, what's up? And and you know, he over there in the crowd with 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 Jimmy and all those other cats. I, I didn't I didn't I didn't too much really fuck with Sue that day. And you know, it was just so many people that came out. That was the coolest thing about it. But you had a, a very big. I, you never seen. You never watched the uh, video. Oh, the one that you, I, the tape that you gave me. Yes. No, I haven't had a chance to connect it to my uh, my MacBook yet, but uh, I'm definitely gonna work, work on that real soon. Man, I'm telling you, it was it was. He had a he had a, he had a nice. Yeah, they uh, did tribute yeah. songs. Um, they 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 performed. I think what Mitchell A performed there. Uh, yeah. Okay, so so who didn't show up, and who was you shocked that didn't want to pay their respects? I, I, I'll uh, say um, I was one that 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 probably should have went that didn't. Wait, um, wait, come. Reggie, you didn't go to no Alton's funeral. No, I uh, I was having problems with Death Row as a whole, as a whole at that time. This is two thousand two. Two thousand two, I had just I broke. Re- a- go ahead. I don't remember. I thought you was there. I wasn't. Wow. <laughs> I wasn't. Well, he just he just revealed he didn't show up. I called um well your brother Timmy and talked to him uh, that day. But there was things that was being said and you know, accusations and I wasn't feeling sugar and uh, and a lot of the death row crew at that time. Did you feel like it was it's getting dangerous and uh, I was mad at them. They were picking on one of, a guy that I was close with, and uh, I didn't appreciate it. I was pretty much considering myself at war with them at that time because of some things that Poochie, not Buntry, and not James or anything else, but some things that people that was around death row at the time. Okay, well, James, you just found out Reggie didn't go to your brother's yeah, funeral. I, man, I honestly believe that. I thought I thought I saw Reggie and Reggie Wright Senior. Uh, I, I think I, Reggie Senior was there, but I I, I didn't go. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I didn't even know that, man. Yeah. I, I I truly thought that that you came and and everybody that came and supported, and it was just so many people there. Wow. Um, I didn't I didn't know I didn't know that yeah. I didn't know that. 
Um, yeah, me and Bob Gotti didn't both didn't come. We it was something that we both deeply regretted, but it probably would have been an ugly scene if we did show up. But do you really think you and Suge would have got into it, Reg, at the funeral or something like in the parking lot or some argument would have ensued? It wasn't mainly even with Suge. I wasn't feeling cool with Suge at the time, but it was just some of the people that was around. Wow, that's interesting. There, man, this is like yeah, a book. That, <laughs> yeah. That is. And, and you know, my emotions, and, and you know, because at that time, man, my mom, she pretty much blamed me. You know what I'm saying? And she actually told me, she said, she said to me, why it couldn't have been you? You know, and and I was fucked up behind that. And, and my sister then was like, wow, you know, and man, that, that, that would have been in my heart. Yeah put a dent in my heart. And from that day, man, I've always believed that if I wouldn't have never just brought Buntry to this bullshit, the man would be here doing his thing with his son and his grandkids. And, man, that my mother, she she actually, and, and I'm glad that me and her had our time to really just sit back and talk about it and, and you know, make amends with all of that shit. Well, James, it sounds like you blame yourself a lot for Suge and your brother's relationship, but I feel like if you didn't introduce them, your brother would have eventually started messing with people in death row because they were in the hood. No, no, I don't think Buncher would have fucked with it. I don't think having them cats would have been there, especially the crew that Buncher But look how many people from Looters and Mob were messing with death row. You don't think your brother would have fell into that circle? James and Buncher pretty much about vouch for him. Heron. And they all was pretty much vouch for him. You know what? I I, I believe this, and anybody will tell you, me and Buncher have bumped heads on a lot of shit. Me and Buncher had, had, I got a hole in my motherfucking arm for, you know, fighting with Buncher. You know, me and my brothers pulled guns on each other when we didn't like shit and for us to understand what the fuck the other one was saying. That that was us. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, couldn't nobody come and fuck with Buntry? Couldn't nobody fuck with Timmy? You know what I'm saying? But I just felt like if I wouldn't have if I wouldn't have, if I wouldn't have just introduced him to the shit. If I wouldn't have introduced him to the shit and some shit on his way and wouldn't even trip Shook when he came back to the hood like that. He probably would have incorporated all with all those other cats, but just stay out the hood. So if they'd have found a way to get, get next to Shook, I don't know, man. But, you know, my mom's made me feel that way. She made me feel that way. You know, uh, at that time, Buntry, we bought, we bought moms a car. I gave her 5000 Buntry gave her 8000 Oh, that's my favorite. You know what I'm saying? She needed a washer and dryer. Bunchy bought the washer and dryer. He go 400 bucks. Bunchy is my favorite. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, when he died, it was like, why couldn't have been me? And and I don't care what nobody says. It's fucked up thing for your mother to say, I'm her son too, man. You know what I'm saying? Did you see uh, uh, Boys in the Hood? <laughs> That's what... Uh, uh, the mother said the no, ice cube. Yeah. Asha wasn't nothing like she didn't hit me and do all that streaming and bullshit that wasn't there. It was just why it couldn't be me. 
and 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 we couldn't understand that shit. Damn, you know, you know, my mom's never well, had to. I'm sure she appreciates like, your growth now, um, well, like we yeah, all do. Yeah, yeah and and, yeah. and how you showed her, and this what most people don't know when James and I first back reconnected. When I used to call them and say, Shane, James, can you do a show for me? It's like, yeah, yeah, little Ranch um, or Junie. I, we'll knock that out, but I'm right now at the hospital. I'm not the hospital, at the clinic with moms, and so I'll call you back later. James was the one that was taking moms to the hospital, stay, went and moved out from his girl house and started staying with moms over there to help her out while she was fighting. Um, the, last, the last two yeah. years of my mama fighting cancer. Yeah. I, I, when she was hungry, I cooked for her. When, when she wanted to go, uh, needed to go to the doctor, I was there for her. I took her. Uh, I don't care what time it was, she wanted to eat. I bet the only thing I didn't do is bathe and clothe her because she was doing that on her own. Yeah. Um, that two years, me and my mama got, we got close. And, I mean, just it's 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 all good, man. Yeah. All right, we James. Got I got a lot of closure with a lot of shit about you know my pops and and the things that he did, and you know she explained a lot of shit to me, which I never would I never would have understood that shit. But her last two years, man, we got cool. We got cool. And she see what you're doing now, James. She'd be very, 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 very proud of you, brother. And so, I I just, I just appreciate the fact that she, her apology meant everything to me. You know, it was everything, and and that was the best part of it. You know, me and my mom's get argue. You know, my mama was a gangster. She shot pop back in the day. Shot the, shot his fucking ear off. She was she was with the business. Yeah. But ah. All right, James. Uh, uh, rest yeah. in peace to Mahalia McDonald. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'm sure she appreciates everything you're doing now, man. Yeah. And I want to let all the listeners know. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Gangster Chronicles. This was episode 18. And it featured Mr. James McDonald all the way from Australia. Thanks, James, for calling in because uh, we really appreciate doing the show as a trio. And I want to tell everyone that's listening on iTunes to definitely give us a rating and a review. And you could also suggest uh, topics and ideas that you want us to talk about on future episodes. Um, and if you're listening on on Spotify and um, Radio.com, that's possible too through a laptop and a computer and if you're new to the podcast and you're just listening to episode 18 for the first time go back and listen to some previous episodes uh the last episode rumors was one of our most popular episodes number 17 and the episode before that the next episode was number 16 but i've been getting a lot of messages from people who have been binge listening and they're going all the way to episode one so don't hesitate to go to episode one and listen to all of them because you can do this while you're jogging while you're working out while you're doing your thing and again i want to thank everyone out there for listening to the Gangster Chronicles. Don't forget that you can listen to Reggie Wright Jr. on Bomb First. You can also check me out on Street TV. And that concludes this episode, and we are out. Peace. Out. All right, James.
This has been a Digital Soapbox Network production. Got my Prevna 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.